too long, probably. McGrady received his landing clearance, but as he took the Cessna down for a final approach, something thudded against the starboard engine, splashing the cockpit window on that side with streamers of red. Simultaneously, the plane was yanked hard to McGrady's right. He glanced over his shoulder, but his view of the struggling engine was partially obscured by blood. McCready reacted automatically, feathering the starboard propeller. The blades angled into the wind, reducing drag, and he gunned the portside engine, simultaneously slamming hard on the left rudder. The Cessna responded, pulling back to port until finally it was holding a straight line toward the runway. The entire episode had occupied all of five seconds. Now that's something you don't experience every day, McCready called back toward the cabin. There was no response, so he shot a quick glance at his passenger. And while he could not be absolutely sure, it appeared that Fogarty had somehow curled himself into a fetal ball. Never mind, McCready said to himself. Crew chief Eddie Dykes knew that the wet season was ending because his men had stopped bellyaching about the rain and mud and started bellyaching about the heat and humidity. His ground crew at Waller Field had staked out the available shade around the landing strip, and now the game was to see who could remain out of the sun the longest. Although it was only 10 a.m., the temperature at the base, a center for American military operations in the South Atlantic since 1941, had risen to 90 degrees Fahrenheit, with humidity to match. As the Cessna banked and circled the landing strip, Dykes had been alone on the tarmac shielding his eyes against the glare. "Uh Uh-oh, he said to himself. Then he whistled loudly to signal his crew. The Army's bobcat, known less affectionately as Rhapsody in Glue, or Flying Formation of Cessna Parts, was struggling. The drone from the starboard engine had suddenly shifted from a high-pitched whine to a sputter, and it appeared that the plane wanted to sway and stagger in its course. Keeping his gaze skyward, Dykes sensed someone approaching from behind. Sounds like he's coming in with a bum coffee grinder. The drawl belonged to Private Redding, who had been stationed at Waller Field for a year but was still known as N.G., New Guy. Dykes ignored the man and kept his eyes on the plane, which seemed to have straightened itself out. N.G., who's the flyboy? Redding fumbled with a clipboard before pointing to a spot at the bottom of a sweat-stained sheet of paper. McGrady, sir. Dykes glanced at the flight manifest and relaxed a bit. They'll be fine. A flash of movement caused him to look up. It was accompanied by the sound of another engine in distress, and this one was bearing down on them at unnatural speed. What the— Dykes cried and the two men dove off the runway and into the brush, barely avoiding being run down by a speeding jeep that blew past them. Rising to his knees, Dykes could see that he'd been right about the landing. The pilot had managed to ease his bird down. He touched the ground lightly, despite the engine trouble, and despite the vehicle that had lurched onto the blacktop and threatened to clip the pilot's wings if he needed more runway. "'Who's the asshole?' Dykes asked rolling his eyes again as the terminally puzzled Redding scanned his clipboard of papers for an answer. 
Yes, this was going to be a long war. The driver of the jeep was Corporal Frank Giuliano, whose short stature and hangdog expression gave him an uncanny resemblance to comedian Lou Costello. Having scattered Dykes's ground crew, Giuliano brought the jeep to a skidding, gear-grinding halt before running to intercept the plane's passenger, who had flung open the cabin door and was racing away from the bobcat as though it were on fire. Corporal Giuliano held a large envelope in one hand and saluted with the other. He backpedaled quickly, speaking in a high-pitched voice. Good morning, Captain McCready. Welcome to Trinidad, sir. Major Hendry has been expecting— The officer jerked a thumb over his shoulder and toward the plane. You got the wrong guy, buddy, he said, brushing past the puzzled corporal without breaking his stride. Giuliano hurried to the plane, clutching the envelope. Struggling up.